you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, 10 days, man. We only have 10 more days and we're rocking and rolling in Vegas. Hey, look, DJ, this is the fun part, right? It's the fun part because, like, now I feel like I'm consuming all this content. I'm not only looking at the tape, but I'm beginning to, like, listen to some of our colleagues, like, have their podcasts, look at some of the stuff on TV, trying to put it together. And what I've concluded is no one knows what's going to take place over draft weekend. No. It is wide open. Some of the conversations that you're hearing about the wide receivers, because you got the young wide receivers, Debo Sammy and those guys that are angling for contracts. So are we going to get a run on wide receivers early to replace those guys? And then the quarterback situation, all of that. And then really, DJ, the, the thing that I think is an underrated conversation is, Hey, man, how do you stack the pass rushes? Because all of the pass rushes are kind of one-year-only guys when it comes to the production. Yeah. So what do you like? What are you going for? Are you going for trace? Are you going for football character? What is the deciding factor? And I think a lot of teams, a lot of front offices are going through the same conversation that we're going through. The interesting thing, and we're going to go uh, cover some ground today. We're going to talk about the Jets and what they can do you know, with their draft picks and how they can try and improve their roster. We're going to talk about the process. We're going to start with that here in a minute about what's going on with these teams right now. Then we're going to go team by team and just kind of give you a, a brief thought on each team as we head towards the draft of what they might uh, be trying to get accomplished. Um, but, you know, Buck, I, I want to talk about one thing here before we get cranking, and that is talking to guys around the league. Have you found anybody that loves a quarterback? Like, here's my thing. If you're going to take one, and we've talked about the financial benefits of taking one, but you still got to have a guy that you love. I, I cannot pin anybody down. And I'm not, don't even tell me who the name is. Just you and like, it, no. And I, I'm telling you, I think, I know you did a mock draft. You did not have one going. I think we're going to get one go. And I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe there's a run, but I'm beginning to think that run doesn't take place in the 20s. If it does take place at all. I, I think people are being more realistic because now DJ, the money's gotten to the point where you can't just hand money to a quarterback. Yeah. And so what you're looking at is, okay, let's project this out. We've talked about the superstar quarterbacks over and over again, like all those young guys that are doing it up. And you, you're not only measuring the 2022 class against the guys in the class, but how are they going to stack up with these other guys, to Justin Herberts, to Burroughs, to Mahomes, to Allens, Lamar Jackson's on the field. And you're trying to talk yourself into like, oh, man, I think this guy can. But then you're like, man, but he's going to need so much when it comes to the natural talent and all those other things. And for a lot of these guys, it comes down to, and we talk about it in superhero terms, what's their superpower? Yeah. Like, what is the thing when it all goes awry? What is their thing that's going to be their prevailing characteristic that enables them to have success? And I think it's harder. Even when we talk about like Malik Willis, we can talk about like the trace, like the arm talent and the athleticism. But then, DJ, you look at the games, their games against elite competition. He doesn't have anything that you can kind of stand on. And so it's it's hard for a lot of scouts to kind of get comfortable with the fact that this guy's going to be my franchise quarterback for the next four or five years. And I don't really love him. And I, I, I kind of, like I tell my daughter when we go shopping, hey, if you, whatever you're going to get, love it. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. Love it. You're always going to feel good about looking at it in the closet. If you like it, you're like, ah, 
I regret. So make sure you love it. And I think that's some of the stuff that these scouts are going through. And I, I'd said on an episode maybe a couple of weeks ago, I, I put it over 50%. Remember the number was on the Carolina Panthers taking a quarterback. And now as we're getting closer, this is kind of the thought that you hear from talking to guys around the league is who's coming in there and making a big impact to save their jobs. Like they got to win. They got to yeah. win right now. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's a, it's a right, it's a right now league. So and who when, is that? And when is the last time we've really seen a rookie come in and make a noticeable change? Like Lamar Jackson did at the end of his rookie season. But if you're the Carolina Panthers, man, I don't have time to wait no. on a young guy to get used to playing. That's why if they trade back, then you can say, okay, maybe that's part of the plan. They trade back. They're going to need other players along with, with that one. Um, but sticking at six and taking one, I'm, I'm less bullish than I was a couple weeks ago. And so that side note, it brings me to a, a, an interesting conversation because the whole thing where, uh, I think Ian Rappaport has, has said that they, he feels like that the Carolina Panthers are kind of the likely destination for Baker Mayfield. My thing would be, if that's true, is Baker Mayfield going to be a noticeable upgrade over Sam Donald? Are you going to let those guys compete? Because the same thing that we talked about back when they were coming out, from a physical, prototypical standpoint, Sam Darnold has more physical traits and prototypical things that you would look for. Baker Mayfield's had more success relative to how they perform. But is that what I'm is that what I'm banking on? A Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald competition? Yeah. Whereas I could just, hey, Sam, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and elevate you by getting an offensive line. The receivers seemingly like him. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's see if we can build this out and maybe performs better with Christian McCaffrey, which is a big issue behind it. I just go back to, you know, one of the things I, I failed at the beginning part of this draft process. Normally, I'll open up a Word document and early on in, in the process oh, of conversations, I never do it when I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. But when, you know, you get a minute and it's like maybe once a week, you go, okay, these are some of the conversations I've had. Just kind of pop some notes in there. Because early on in the process, it was offensive line, offensive line, offensive line with Carolina. They've got to address the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm beginning to think that's where I end up when it's all said and done. Because uh, I think, and, and we'll, we're going to not go team by team in terms of every single pick, but I think when you look at kind of the way the draft's going to fall, I think I think Evan Neal's got a good chance of being there when they pick. I think any of those three. I'm fine with any of the three. Icky, Evan Neal. You're higher Cross, on Cross than I am, but I think that's a real, I think it's a real option. There. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think any of those guys, based on where they're at, I think Trevor Penning is going to, move up a little bit. He's going to go before most people expect. But yeah, the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers absolutely is going to be a deal because they couldn't block anybody. Yeah. And if you can't block anybody up front, you have no chance. All right. I want to get to uh, the process right now. We're going to go to the process of where teams are. So if you're listening and you don't know kind of what goes on right now, I know one of the common things you'll hear is, oh, how do they say they haven't decided yet? They, these teams know exactly what they're going to do. And I'm sitting here going, no, you exhaust all of your time to get all of your information before making a decision. And I can give you an example of how that works just on our side of things. So this weekend, I really was kind of going through my list. I've been trying to finish up the non-combine guys I think might get drafted. It puts me about 400 players. I'm almost done with those. But as I'm doing that, I'm going back through my list and I'm just kind of, it's like you you got a chance to really put your eyeballs on. Okay, now it's real. Now it's my, your, your final list is getting ready to come out. How do you stack these guys? And I, so I made a couple calls and now the medical stuff's back. And so I said, you know what? I want to find out what's going on. I know Stingley worked out. Mm-hmm. I know he had a good workout, but I want to find out some more about what, what the medical stuff said. So one of the things that came back and I got it from a couple different teams and maybe some of this stuff was out there. I don't know how I, I just didn't see it, but the foot injury was in August. So 
he has a Liz Frank that takes place in August. He goes out there and tries to play on it a couple games into the season. He's like, this is no good. Like I can't, and he shuts mm-hmm. it down. Right. So I knew, I knew he had the foot injury. I knew his season was cut short for some reason. It, I'd never put it together that that happened in August. So that information comes to me. And then you look at that with new eyes. When you look at that and say, okay, I've seen him play great in 19, mm-hmm. not great in 20. This year was terrible. This year I'd left a bad taste in my mouth and I punished him down to, I think he was my 15th player. So, you know, and I've got to turn this in by the end of the week. I, I moved him up to like 12. I mean, I'm, I'm not putting him at number three on my list, but I'm giving him some new information came in. I'm going to give him that benefit because this guy's got a lot of talent. So the biggest thing with Derek Stanley, and uh, I think we both have said it in our own way, injuries and consistency. That's been the only reason why yeah. you done it. When you look at the talent, and it was kind of, uh, I guess, reaffirmed when we had the opportunity to watch him at the pro day, you see him move around, you're like, ooh, that's a five-star. Yeah. That's what a five-star moves around. Like yeah. That's how he moves, changes, transitions, gets out of breaks, the way it looks so easy for him. And so now what you're trying to do is, how do I hedge my bet against his injuries and inconsistency? The inconsistency that we can talk about in 2020, look, man, it's a COVID year. It's different. Everyone worked out different. Like, it's kind of like one of those things where you just don't know what he did during his time away from his team. The injury, you have to take that into account. But then I'm a believer in that's why the whole body of work matters. Yeah. You can't ignore what he did his freshman year. Because if he did it once, he can do it's it again. It's in there. And so now it's, okay, where do, we, where do we put him at? And then this is when I would call in the coaches. Hey, coach. All right, so we have this player and that player. We have Stingley. Let's look at him on tape. How do you feel about bringing him in? What can we do? The th- even during the inconsistent year, yeah. what can we work on? Is that correctable or is that something that is going to be with him? Because if it's correctable and we feel like we have the right environment, the right coaches to do it, oh, well, I'm going to give him his just due. I'm going to give him the grade that he deserves to have because the guy is a five-star talent. Talented. Heck yeah. And – Sometimes you can't go wrong. You just and it's not like it. we're full of sure things in this draft. No. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions all over. So he gets a little bit of a bump. Drake London does his pro day. No, he doesn't run. And I know some people have yeah, issues with it's that. Still, it's still funny to me that that is an issue. Like, why are we talking about No, that? he is yeah. who he is. Like, that's not, it's not like there's going to be some surprise there. I think you kind of know what, what he is. I think he's going to be an outstanding. I think he's going to be a big slot. But just seeing him move around a little bit. He was my eighth player, I believe, Buck. Mm-hmm. I moved to my seventh player. So just a little, a little bit of movement. So what, what I'm getting at is there's information coming in, and now you're getting the final medical information. You have your security staff that's got all the off-the-field stuff, which I guess I have to make a couple calls to see if anything shakes out on that end. Um, but that can, affect, that can affect where these guys are at this point in the process as well. So you've got, you've got the, all this time. You, you might as well use it. You should use it. Now, there's a saying where study long, study wrong, where you don't want to overthink the process. But for these guys who have things, Drake London has a thing. The injury is a concern. You want to go back. You want to look at how he played. You want to look at how he progressed. You want to look at the pro day workout. Because by all accounts to me, people are talking about the 40 time. I care less about the 40 time. I'm more wanting to see him move around. Yeah. Because given the injury, where he is now, the fact that he was able to go through the cone drills, he was able to run the routes. He didn't have a noticeable limp or anything wrong with his gait. I was like, oh, okay. Because even if we bring him in, I'm still going to say, hey, let's slowly bring him up to speed so he can get ready. To me, Drake London's best traits are his ability to expand the strike zone. Mm-hmm. He's going to dominate down the red zone. He's fiercely competitive. And 
I think we're getting that big slot receiver yes. that has become more problematic. We'll call him a wide receiver, but he's kind of like a jumbo slot, kind of like that Y. Now, what's the difference between him and Evan Ingram in terms of like how they'll be utilized? It's the same. He's a big-time player, and I like him. And so it comes down to are you comfortable with the injury that he had with the ankle dislocation? And then if you feel good about him, I think you have to give him his grade. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's So that, that's kind of an example of kind of what goes on. Uh, during this time of the year. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to hit on the Jets, and then we're going to go team by team and give you kind of one thought, one theme for each team as we head towards the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, time for team building presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. Looking at the New York Jets here, Buck, this is a team that uh, has had a rough couple years. They got the quarterback last year. Wasn't a great rookie season for Zach Wilson, but you saw some progress as the season went along. There's a lot of talent there for sure. Um, Did a nice job in free agency, kind of filling some holes here, but I think this team uh, needs some difference makers. They've got picks four and 10 in the first round. They've got 35 and 38 in the second. Mm. Um, And they also end up having, they have a third and two fours, so, and two fives. They they are loaded with ammunition in this draft. But if you're looking at them and kind of thinking, um, you know, the direction they could go to get the most bang for their buck. Let's start with four and 10 here. What, what do you think? Bang for the buck. So a couple different issues need to be addressed to help this team. One, you want to make sure year two, we want to make sure that we help the quarterback, Zach Wilson, take a tremendous jump in his productivity. Um, I think the best way that we can do that is one, surround them with a better offensive line. So I'm going to take a piece up front that can step into the lineup and really shore up and make sure that he has a fortress in front of him. I don't want my quarterback getting hit, particularly when he's young. I want him to have the confidence to know that he can stand back there from the grassy knoll and deliver. So whether we're at four and we take one of those top offensive tackles or at 10, we take some guy that maybe slides to us, I'm taking an offensive player on the front line. And then I honestly, even though we've mocked these things and I've gone back and forth and I've always picked a skill player for the Jets of both things. Yeah. I'm going to go and get a pass rush. There's a pass You're going to go big, big. Yeah, I'm going to go double big because DJ won last year. They had success getting Elijah Moore in the second round. If I want to get a wide receiver, I have two picks in the second and one in the third to take care of a wide receiver. I actually believe a veteran receiver would be a a better match for Zach Wilson based on where he is. Just look at Josh Allen, what happened with Stephon Diggs. But... Second round, I can get those wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to necessarily use a top 10 pick on a wide receiver, especially if I feel like there are going to be enough guys that are close to what I potentially get at number 10. Okay. So the uh, 4 and 10 here, if I'm looking at offensive line here, the one thing they know that we don't know is where Mekhi Becton is in his rehab Yep, and, and what that looks like because the talent is there, but you just got to find out if that if his knee is healthy. You go out and you get Lake and Tomlinson. Vera Tucker, I think, is on his way to being a Pro Bowl guard. George Fant played pretty good last year. Um, so you, you've got to kind of figure out what Becton's situation is. If there's some uneasiness there, you take an offensive lineman with the fourth pick. He's 
he's starting. Shoot, you take an offensive line with the 10th pick, he's starting. So you got to kind of figure out what that puzzle looks like because I think the guards are set with Vera Tucker and Tomlinson. Um, you know, so just trying to, to massage that. I think if I if I look at it this way, if you wanted to use your theory, right, you're going to help with the offensive line. What if you think about 35 and 38 where you are there? And what if you said, if, if you don't, don't want to wait, you could go, th- if Linderbaum is Falling. drifting, we've kind of had him going in the mid-20s. Yeah, he's, he's better than Connor McGovern. He starts day one. That is, that is, look, that's a great theory because remember when the Cowboys got that offensive line rolling, they jumped into back into the first round and took Travis Frederick. Yeah. And that gave them stability for about four or five years up front where they dominate. They could roll grade. They had a couple uh, leading rushers utilizing that kind of an offensive line. That certainly will work. And you're right. A lot of this is the unknown that we don't know. Yeah. Makai Becton. And are you willing to bank on Fant playing like he played yeah. again or whatever? And so then you, you, you kind of, weighing that because I'm a believer if you can't go that way because your way is very sensible to trade two twos maybe get back in the bottom of the first round take Lindenbaum if he's there or just take the next center that is available at one of those spots and you're ready to go but we have seen teams use six offensive linemen George Fant I believe was a he former did that tight with end Seattle. he did yeah. that in Seattle so we can fortify it that way I think it just depends on the player and what you're looking at what happens in those top three picks if I have an opportunity to get a guy that we believe is going to be an outstanding right tackle for years and years to come, or at 10, if someone is just kind of sitting there and we're like, you know what, we like this, we can go with it. All right, we're going to do this on the fly because I want to, I, now this thought just kind of came to us here. So I want to see what the, what the trade chart looks like. Okay, let's go pick 35 for the Jets is 550 points. Okay, so then if we say, Dallas has been kind of the Linderbaum spot. Mm-hmm. People have talked about that potentially. 24. So if we go the pick before them, that would be Arizona, and that is 760. So by my App State math, that means you're talking about 210 points. 210 points is a kind of middle of the third round uh, pick. So if you just so add, if you were the Jets yeah. are picking, the Jets are at the bottom, I believe at the, where are the Jets here? They're 69. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the Jets, that's 245 points. You'll get something back. Yeah, so you get to go pick 35 and 69 to move and up. You'll, and you'll get like a, you'll get a fifth round pick back. So, yeah, you're, you're trading a two and a three, and you're getting back a five and the 23rd pick. And you could be sitting there, let's say, kind of go through the rest of it. So we want, you know, some of the needs. What if they went, what if they went, uh, let's say, Sauce Gardner at four, okay? Because they're destiny, cornerback and edge is a need. You come back and you get the pass rusher at 10. Jermaine Johnson, maybe. Jermaine Johnson. You'd come back up for Linderbaum to give you an offensive lineman. And you still have another second-round pick. You're still picking at 38 where you could get your receiver. You get your receiver, and you knocked it all out. You've hit all the things that you want. In our estimation, you have all blue-chip players, and you have an opportunity to play right away. And I am on the phone immediately after day two to see if I can sign the veteran receiver that's out there, whoever that might be. So we ended up with Sauce, Jermaine, Linderbaum, and let's just put a name to it with the wide out there at 38. Um, 
Yeah, who who do you want here, Buck? At thirty eight, we could go Christian Watson if you wanted a bigger I guy. Chris, I think Christian Watson would be there. Uh, uh, Sky Moore. Let's you know, Sky Moore because remember, so they have Barrios, but they lost Jamison Crowder. Sky Moore might be able to jump in there and feel some of that stuff. You have Corey Davis still on the outside. Yeah, you have Elijah Moore. So it, we talk about it being still a hope need. about Denzel Mims potentially. Yeah. Going so no, Sky Moore would be a good fit there. So. If you're a Jets fan, you come away with a corner and Sauce Gardner, a pass rusher, Jermaine Johnson, a center, day one starting center in Linderbaum, and another wideout in Sky Moore who kind of fits that Shanahan style of, of offense. Well, well, yeah, because he's another guy that you can put the ball in his hands in a variety of different ways and let him go to work. Yep. So interesting, interesting there. Kind of look at the Jets and, and what they could do. Again, uh, still armed with a bunch of other picks. Just one scenario possibly uh, that they could go. So big draft for uh, for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala coming up. Uh, that was Team Building presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, Buck, next thing we're going to do here on the pod, kind of as we go through this, we're going to do almost a rapid fire. We're going to go team by team. We've got the same sheet here with some uh, information on each team with the picks that they have, positions they might be looking at. But I thought we could just kind of go priority, like what would make a successful draft? What do you need to get accomplished uh, for all these teams? I'll start us off and uh, we'll start and kind of go on the order of this sheet, which is by division and how they finished last year. We'll start in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills and and what they would love to get accomplished here. We've got some needs written down on the paper. I actually, the, the more I look at them, we've talked about them with a the running back. I, I love that idea with them getting a big, like a big time back, kind of that, missing, well, I think that so, last that, piece of that offense. So when we talk about it and you talk about the running back, the la- it's the last piece that you want to drop into the championship puzzle. So now you have Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs, you have what appears to be an offensive line solidified. This is a perfect place to drop in, like a breeze call. Yeah. Someone that can catch the ball out the backfield, someone that can be the frontline player, that can give them what they need. Because I can't have Josh Allen continue to run the football as much as he ran it before. I want to diversify the offense and find someone else that can be a star. All right, we get to the Patriots. Uh, you look at d- directions they can go. We've talked a lot about wide receiver. Um, this is an offense last year that was 30th in yards passing. Like it is as much as we love what Mac Jones did and exceeded expectations. There's not a lot to get excited about from that standpoint. So you can talk about corner linebacker, you know, offensive line being an, an area. But they don't draft wide receivers. I know they haven't drafted them well. When they haven't done they it, haven't, they haven't they haven't drafted them well. So they gotta do something to help that passing game. That's just not you're not gonna it, in this division with Buffalo. You got to get more explosive. You have to get more explosive. I just don't know how they do it. DJ. Like they have a long history of not being able to do it. But yeah. Belichick, like so we can sit here and say like, hey, they can get a receiver. It typically doesn't go that route. What normally works for them. Offensive linemen, when they go get offensive linemen early, they find a way to kind of plug those guys in and have a level of success. Yeah, Maybe that's where they go. I know they need linebackers. They need more dynamic players on defense. Um, you lose Dante Hightower. You don't have Calvin Noy anymore. Maybe they can find a linebacker. Tied for 26th in sacks last year. I mean, but they never go after the pass. They play coverage. They play coverage over a rush. They're the hardest team to, to to project when it comes to the draft because you just don't know. So who do you want to give them so we can move on? I mean, we don't have to give them a specific player. I just, you know, I can I, I strong argument for a wide out, but I think when you're looking at it, I actually think they, they – I could see them taking a guy like Quay Walker. Yeah. Couldn't you see that? Long. People Long, trying to figure out like, hey, what is it? Cool. What do we do with him? And they can He's match versatile. him up. They can play week to week. They can snowflake him like you. Like they need more. They need more speed on that level. Yeah. Like their traditional way of playing. They, they need more speed to be able to match up. All right. So, the Dolphins do not pick until pick 102. What do you, I mean, what do you well, want to I mean, get accomplished here? Well, I think what we want to accomplish on day three, you just want to get edge because right now 
they are, I mean, linebacker and edge to me is a place. They, they've taken care of all their needs outside of the draft. And so if they can find someone to rush the pass, because in theory, you would like to think your offense is going to be more explosive. You're going to play with the lead. Uh, Josh Board, new defense coordinator, not new defense coordinator. He remains the defense coordinator. He gets a chance to call it on his own. And so maybe they dial it up with more pressure. So get a guy like Dominique Robinson from Miami, Ohio, something like that. Uh, Jets, we already hit on them uh, earlier. Let's get to the AFC North. Uh, The Bengals here, Buck. This is a team that we saw the offensive line and their issues last year. They went after it and, uh, and targeted that in free agency. Um, you look on the defensive side of the ball, corner, D-line. I think corner is still where they're weak. Yep. You know, the fact that they were able to play uh, coverage the way that they played and they were able to get there. Now you want to upgrade the talent in that room. So I want to take care of cornerback. But I also believe they have to find a way to find a tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, Uzoma is gone. So they need another guy they can put in the middle of that offense to really kind of be a, a, a safety valve for the quarterback. Tight end, tight end, tight end. Somewhere in that mix. Yeah, you look at the tight ends in this draft, that could definitely be an option. They went out and got Hayden Hurst, um, but I think that's a drop-off from Uzama in, in the way that he played there. Okay, let's uh, – Steelers, I think, you know, the quarterback thing is is all out there. Uh, wide receiver would be – Yeah, I think one. wide receiver. This team, look how unexplosive this team is. Yeah. Is that a word? I don't know that's a word, but 29th yeah. in big plays. So, their sweet spot has normally been – outside the first round, they've been able to hit wide receivers. So, I would think – Second or third round, they take care of the wide receiver. The wild card is what they do at pick number 20. Quarterback is like a blinking light. Um, maybe that is the spot where they go and make a, make a move. All right, Browns, they don't pick till pick 44. Um, defensive tackle, you know, defensive line overall. You see edge. Wide receiver, again, they're another team that could be in the wide receiver market as well. What do you think? Yeah, no, um, I'm thinking more defense, edge. They are always in the in, in the need or shopping for a playmate to go opposite Miles Garrett. Um, want someone else on that defensive line that can also consistently rush the passer. So I think that has to be a focal point. Wide receiver certainly has to be in play. Um, you now have a quarterback. You want to make sure that you have enough weapons. Amari Cooper is there, yes. But you, I still believe they can upgrade significantly that wide receiver core. I would think that they put a couple picks. I think Nick Benito wouldn't be a nice compliment there for Miles Garrett. Little Fastball speed. coming little, off the edge. Speed coming uh, the, the Ravens. They are picking 14 and uh, and 45. Then they have a bevy of uh, mid-round picks. But uh, edge rusher, again, a place they could look. Corner is is big for them. And, some, um, and somewhere down the line, they got to find a center. Yeah. And Not in the first round, but somewhere line. somewhere they have to find a center, someone that can. But see, like everybody's talked about Linderbaum with him. That, he doesn't fit them. No. They, they are a gap scheme, mauling off. They want big dudes, man. That is not Linderbaum. No, he, he doesn't. He's so I, I actually have been coming back to this whole theory on them as – if the big man is there, Jordan Davis, you can say whatever needs they got. The Ravens ain't passing on him. <laughs> this is like, a, that's a Raven. That's like, a Raven. That's a, big, yeah. physical. Him athletic. and Calais Campbell getting off the bus together. You see that? Um, oh, the length. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just love big dudes. Uh, Titans, we get over to the AFC South. They pick 26th, um, and then they pick in the third round. No second round pick. Uh, offensive line, right? It has to be offensive line. Offensive line has been an area for them. You know, they've got kind of an interesting situation because they, they have Raidens, who they took last year, who has some tackle guard flex. Yeah. I think they give him an opportunity to tackle. If he fails there, he kicks inside. But I think it gives you the liberty to be able to say. You can give one of you give one or the other. I love Kenyon Green is, is somebody for them if he were to be there. He fits. It's so funny. I had a, I listened to their offensive line coach talking. He talked about the one thing they do is they sprint off the ball. They want to maul people. They worry about the technique. 
yeah. a little later. They want to move people off the Tyler ball, Smith so. would be another option there. Uh, yeah, he's also. a good one. He's yep. he's one that people have talked about. He can kind of sneak in and go higher than a lot of people think. Um, Colts, they are picking 42. Obviously, their first-round picks in Philly. Um, offensive line, you know, tackle, I think, is, a, is still a big need there. Wide receiver just stands out to me. They they, yeah. they need a wide receiver. They need another a, one. Yeah, they they've they've missed. They need an impact receiver. I know they're waiting on Paris Campbell to hit. Michael Pittman has shown flashes, but they need they need someone that can come in and and give them immediate production. May not have to be the number one, but as a number two, he has to be rock solid. He has to be a steady eighty production. All right, Just, Texans. Lots of needs here. Good news. Everything. Lots of picks. Lots of uh, picks. Three thirteen thirty seven, and then two three sixty eight and eighty. This is uh, how about offensively? Thirty second run game, thirty second big plays, twenty eighth in the pass game. Defensively, thirty one against the run, uh, twenty three uh, against the pass. Tied for twenty seventh in sacks. The world is your oyster. You, Anything you, you want, you can't go. Dealer's wrong. choice. Here's what I would say: say good players. Just yeah. take good players wherever they're. Just wherever the board is, rank them one to a hundred as they come off. Just select good players. They could literally stay true to their board and take best available. Just take best players. You can't. You can't. You can't go wrong. Uh, Jags is a weird team here. They are picking one one. Obviously, then they've got the thirty third pick overall, top of the second round. Same. Same. Double threes. Similar situation. Yeah. DJ the like, interesting thing is, I think they've got suitable guys. They need difference makers. Like that's. If I look at Jacksonville and say, what do they need to accomplish? Playmakers, playmakers, difference makers. Yeah. You know who's gonna yeah, win sp- games for you? Yeah, more speed, more playmaking. So when it comes to the edge, um, they gotta have someone that can help Josh Allen on the edge. They need a proven pass rusher that can be productive and do those things. So whether they accomplish that at one, which is easy because the board is yours, or uh, thirty-three, they have to get someone that can get after it. And then on the offensive line, uh, center is a spot where they really need to take care of that. Okay, um, we look at the Chiefs. They are picking 29, 30, 50, 62. So they've got two ones, two twos, and they also have two threes, 94, 103. Um, this is a defense, you know, gave up a bunch of big plays. 29th in sacks is the number that mm-hmm. jumps out to me. They are a team I could see if they fell in love with the rusher going up to get one, uh, go up to get a pass rusher, go up to potentially even get another weapon if they wanted to. Um, but a couple different areas they could go. I, I got to believe they come out of this draft with they're going to get two rushers. They're going to get two pass rushers. Why not double up? Yeah. yeah, I think you have to double up. That that has been the thing. They were trying anybody and everybody to come off the edge. Um, you know, you have Frank Clark on one side. Uh, you have big fella Chris Jones on the inside. And then you brought in Melvin Ingram. They have to find a couple of options off the edge to, to be able to do that. And at some point, they'll find a wide receiver. I wouldn't worry or fret too much about them trying to use a top pick to replace Tyreek Hill. They will find a way to get somebody on the field that can flip the field. My Raiders don't pick till the third round, pick 86. I still think right tackle was a spot they could address. Um, it's hard to find starting tackles this this late in the draft, though. It is, and uh, I think linebacker could be the move. Linebacker defensive tackle um, could be a nice move for them because they have to they have to make sure they solidify their defense. Offensively, they have more than enough to be able to score. Defensively, they have to be able to hold a score now. Yep. All right, let's go uh, Chargers. Right tackle, defensive line could add another, you know, the receiver if they wanted to get even more explosive. I actually think if I was going to be pinned down on it right now, that the most likely position I actually think would be corner. Ooh. I think that's kind of the finishing piece piece here for this defense. This is an off season that's totally uh, revamped the defense. You think about last year, they rebuilt that offensive line and they did it a combination of free agency, you know, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, and then they came in the draft and that was like the the final 
piece, right? You get yep. Rashawn Slater. I feel like this defense and what they've been able to accomplish with Khalil Mack and going out and, and uh, getting J.C. Jackson, I feel like there's kind of that missing, that final piece. And whether or not that's a, you know, a defensive tackle that can give you some inside pass rush uh, or potentially another corner. And I, I kind of lean in that direction. Yeah, th- this is an interesting team because uh, they have a ton of talent. They were so close to being a playoff team. Just couldn't finish in that winner-go-home game at the end. Defense is what is holding them back. They have to continue to add pieces to their front line. I think they go all in. 32nd on third down. That's got to change. Got to get off the field. All right, the Broncos. Again, no one, uh, which has been a little bit of a theme here as we're going through this. They pick 64. Um, you lose a tight end there in Noah Fant, but you got Albert O. They're not in a, you know, they're not in dire straits by any stretch there. It's a pretty good roster overall. You could look in the in the secondary is, is maybe an area that they would uh, they would look to address. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think they have to address the secondary because as, as talented as this defense is, we know that they have to continue to upgrade and find a way to keep it down. We look at all the quarterback play in this division. They just have to figure it out. So, yeah, I think they have to continue to add pieces to that. Yeah, I look at that. I think the secondary is where they go. Cowboys uh, picking 24, 56, 88. We've talked a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, center could be an area that they look. Their offensive line uh, has got some older pieces. Wide receiver would be another uh, another area you could look here. Yeah, you know, I, I, as much as I want them to think about wide receiver, I think the offensive line is a bigger issue than anything. Yeah. I think the offensive line is huge in terms of being a big problem. So I think offensive line early, being able to run the football, being able to kind of impose their will, that has been how they've been able to win in the past, and I think that's the way. All right. Uh, Eagles, 15-18, 51. I feel like we talked about this team a bunch. Surprisingly, number one rush offense in the league last year. I think people might not realize that. They could do that, especially with Jalen Hurts added to the run game. Defensively, 31st in sacks. They go out and they get Hassan Reddick to get kind of a fastball rusher. I think that uh, you know when you kind of look at where they are in this uh, in this first round, they could miss out on that first wave of rushers. Mm-hmm. So I think you know I wouldn't I would not rule out corner here being a uh, being a priority for them. Just kind of how the draft could fall. A guy like Trent McDuffie. Yeah, Trent McDuffie would be a great fit for them because I think it's important for the Eagles. Whoever they select in the secondary has to have great eyes because this is a zone heavy team. All right, Commanders pick eleven. Uh, quarterback has been mentioned. Uh, yeah, wide I out. on the board. I think I think good play. Secondary to me, if Kyle Hamilton is there, just turning the card. Yeah, I think he turned the card. I think he is the missing link. Somebody on the middle of the defense that can give them leadership and playmaking ability. Giants, we've talked about a lot. Big guys, big guys, front line, defense, offensive line. You got to be able to do that. Edge rusher, you have to have that. And then they just need an infusion of talent, more talent. All right, Pack. NFC North Packers. Uh, we've talked this about is the year, DJ. This is the year they're, they're going to upgrade. They're going to the upgrade. They upgrade. They're going to do a wide receiver. They need someone that can make some things happen. This is this is what. Yeah, I think we see twenty-two or twenty-eight go to wideout. Um, they've had bigger guys too, so I wouldn't sleep on on uh, Traylon Burks there. Um, Vikings, D line, secondary, tight end, couple areas that we've uh, looked and at. I think here. I'm excited, man. Kevin O'Connell defense. has it going. I, I think it has to be defense. Ed Donatel has to. Get that defense. They're, they're trying to do this Vic Fangio-style defense. So you I, I, Stingley's there. I think they turn in the card. All right, Bears picking 39. No one, but they're there towards the top of the uh, second round. Got to be about Justin Fields and helping him out. Wide out, offensive yeah, line. Everything, helping them, making sure find a way to, to help him improve. And you got to solidify it up front. He can't get hit, 
But you also got to have some more weapon, more speed. Yep. All right, Lions. I know quarterbacks out open. there. I don't see him doing that at two. Nah, Sam Howell is the name I keep hearing as that kind of second tier guy. If you miss out on the first tier, everybody seems to love Sam Howell, and that and that could be somewhere for them. Maybe it's pick thirty two or thirty four. Yeah, no, nah, I think I think I think it's interesting. Um, Bucks. This is a good roster, man. Uh, stole Shaq Mason from the Patriots, so that kind of cleared up some of their guard issues. Um, I still think they could look at interior offensive line. I think DT is something you've been talking about. Yeah. D- um, look, they, DT, I want to upgrade, go with Vita via Vea. Uh, you still can address the tight end situation. I expect Gronkowski to eventually show up and play for yeah. this team. I think Tom Brady's persuasive, but, but man, look, as long as you got TB12, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, if you, Saints. you talk about getting a partner there for Vita Vea. I mean, William Golson's a good player, a little underrated player. Raheem Nunez, Rochas is a solid player, but I think getting a real difference maker to put next to Vita Vea would be fun. Man, I'm thinking a guy like Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, all right, what's the next one, Saints? Saints. Yep, a wide out. Uh, you look at those two picks, 16 and 19, offensive uh, tackle, that's wide it. out seem to be the DJ, two spots. To me, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a gambling man, I'm going wide receiver and offensive tackle because if I get that done, I know that I have a chance to to win. A playmate for Michael Thomas and then someone that can protect on the backside. Ding dong. All right, we got to go speed round because we got to we got to yeah. we got to do in ten minutes here. So let's roll through these Falcons. Uh, everything. Yeah. Everything. Wideouts got to be. They have to leave here with two wideouts. Yeah. Everything. Wideouts. Forty three, fifty eight, seventy four, eighty two. Two of those picks are going to be wideouts. Panthers. They only have that first round pick. They are the obvious yeah. trade down if they could. If they can't, they're stuck. I, I think tackle. Yeah, it better be a good one. Uh, it has to be a good one. Has to be a good one. Someone that can get them going. All right. Rams. Don't God. pick till 104. And F them picks. picks. <laughs> got players. We got players. Don't you worry about it. I think corner. Best available. Yeah, I think corner is, is where they could be looking. Cardinals, 23-55 here with their first two picks. We've talked wide out uh, with Christian Kirk leaving. Corner is another area they could go. Um, you lose Chandler Jones, edge rusher, still, uh, still in the mix. I think where they're positioned, they could be in kind of uh, – Gamble on an upside rusher. Yeah, they need they need pass rush. Look, you let Chandler Jones go. That that's a big loss. Um, yeah, you have to do that. And I th- I think man, you still have to continue to address the wide receiver. I don't know if they have enough speed at wide receiver. You lose Christian Kirk. That's say what you want about the big contract. It's still a huge. You loss. got Rondell, Rondell Moore, Moore can fly, do but, it, but I still yeah. think you got AJ Green and you have DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins has been hurt a lot. You need someone that you can groom for that next uh, number one role. All right, here we go, Niners. They no one. They're picking 61, 93, and one hundred five. Two picks man, in the third round. Man, good players, but I, I, they they've done a good job. I know we need cornerbacks there, but they've done a good job of just kind of piecemealing, finding a way. Edge to me is their thing. When they are good, they're good up front. I would add somebody up front that can be able to do it. Big edge rusher would be a place I I, I could look at for them. Look at a guy like Alex Wright, maybe as a sleeper for them from UAB. And uh, finally, the Seahawks. Picking 9, 40, and 41. They've got th- a chance to get three really good players there. I think they're another team that could trade down if they could find a partner. Offensive line has to be addressed. At some point, they got to get the court, the the cornerback situation right because they have not been able to do that since the Legion of Boom all split up. And then quarterback. I don't know if they drafted early, but at some point, they have to be able to do that. Yep. I've got them. Uh, I'm thinking they go tack- if they get stuck, I think tackle um, there with their first pick. All right, there you go. We went through every team. Just kind of a quick little glance of where we are 10 days out and uh, and what we could expect. And who knows, by the time this airs, we could have another trade. <laughs> uh, and then just kind of blow this whole thing up. Um, 
All right, anything you want to add before we jump out of here, Buck? No, nah, this is fun. I love going through these scenarios. All right, hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as we have. Uh, be on the lookout. We've got a zillion shows coming your way, Mock Draft Live, Path to the Draft every day. We've got more podcasts coming your way as well. Big shout out to Nabil, best in the business. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks.